0: What are the chances that I play 15 by Taylor Swift in my 6.30 class tonight? Here's the drill. Here's the deal. Here's the four one one today. On this fine ass Monday, it is Soul Cycle's fifteenth birthday. Ah, can I get a? Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Did I think we would see this day, um, you know, like, I don't know, that Saturday where it was 15 degrees in the tent and I thought we were all going to die? No, I didn't think this day would come, but we are here and it is amazing and awesome and so great. And I feel like what has really like pulled these ideas out of me this morning is I've been talking about soul all day and every time anybody interviews me for a podcast or a paper or a like, any essay or literally anything under the Tuscan Sun, we always want to talk about SoulCycle. So let's freaking talk about SoulCycle. So I was really just thinking about, you know, what I've talked about on the pod up until now and I don't think I've ever really told the story about my intention was never to become a Soul Cycle instructor, which if you are listening and you're out in the universe and you're just like, what? I feel very similar. It was honestly never even a thought that crossed my mind. I thought I was going to become an assistant studio manager and then I'd work my way up to studio manager and regional manager and marketing manager. And eventually I wanted to either move to New York and be a part of HQ and do marketing and social media and all that jazz. But when I tell you that when I put in my application for Soul Cycle, it was never in my wildest dreams, fathomable, like whatever, it was never even in my stratosphere to become an instructor. And what happened was sometimes we put ourselves in a position to receive a message from people, the universe, God, whoever, that we never would have received if we hadn't put ourselves in that arena. So for me, what that looked like was I left, I left, I kept getting let go from marketing and middle management jobs and these like ad agencies that would constantly just like let you go every time they lost an account and they were like, bye y'all. And there was just nothing there. There was, it was just like, it sucked for lack of better words. And through that suckage, it gave me a little bit of, I want to say a springboard and a backbone, a backbone to realize that it's uncomfortable, but that I knew I wasn't going to go starving. I wasn't going to be, you know, I wasn't going to be homeless, that I knew I had people who loved me and resources that I could tap into and that I wouldn't die from losing this silly job in Hollywood and that my dream might have to change and that my goals and what I pursue might have to change. And for me, that looks like, okay, I'm going to take a massive, massive pay cut. I'm kind of just going to pull up my pants and I'm going to go for this thing. I'm going to, completely change change direction. I'm going to completely change industries. I'm just going to do it because I know what I'm passionate about. And in my gut, I know that I need to be in the fitness wellness space. So I kept putting myself out there with soul and now, here's the thing. I didn't just get hired at SoulCycle as an assistant studio manager. I went through massive process. And I wrote about this recently on Instagram. And I'll try to find the post and repost it. But I submitted my application, you know, however. I'm like, how do you even do that anymore? <laughs> I submitted my resume and I went on a lengthy interview process. I think I had four... Three or four interviews. I did a shadow day at Beverly Hills. I thought I got the job. I was all excited. You know, you leave a great experience. Like if you're shadowing a job, you're like pretty sure you have it. I call my dad. I'm like, I'm gonna work in Beverly Hills. It's gonna be amazing for soul cycle. Like this is the dream. This is it. I got it, dad. Like I feel it in my bones. And guess what? I didn't get the job after all of that. Major letdown. And so what did I do? Okay, well, I need a job. I need to pay my rent. I live in freaking LA, in West Hollywood, nonetheless. So I went and worked at a different ad agency, a digital ad agency around Manhattan Beach. He who must not be named. He who must not be named. I'm not going to name names in here because of like wild NDAs and all the other things. But... I was originally hired as an EA, PA and then I was doing like finance and HR and payroll and all this shit that I had never done before I probably wasn't good at and I sucked at my job and I was doing like three roles for the cool price for them for one and I was like sucked. So I eventually got let go from there and that's the one that I talk about a lot where I literally was escorted out of the building like Fort Knox and literally all my desk was shut down I didn't get to say bye to any of my friends. It's the most awkward process that literally no one talks about nobody meet like we must normalize that because it's so it's so traumatic and and upsetting and you you have to keep a brave stiff you have to keep a stiff upper lip and like chin up until you walk out and then you get in your car and you have like the most massive breakdown because it's just such like a gut-wrenching experience and if you've ever had this happen to you then you understand and if you haven't my heart goes out to you or if you're in the process my heart goes out to you. So that happens and I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I hate LA. I'm done. Like this is done. It's chewed me up. It's spit me out. I'm just at a point where like, I just feel like I don't even know what the fuck I'm doing with my life anymore. I'm going to like put my tail between my legs. I'm going to go home. Like whatever, whatever, whatever. So I go online and I'm still looking for a fitness position. I'm still like, I know soul is it. I know I got to work at this company. I just feel it. Like I know this is the best fitness wellness company I could possibly work for at the moment right here right now it's the bee's knees it's the cat's meow all that stuff go online linkedin there's a position open for an asm in boston and i submit i'm like whatever if i get the job and i work for the dream company i don't care where i am and if it sends me back to boston where my family is and a lot of my friends so be it at least i'm working for the place that i thought was the best place in the world still is and you know whatever I get an email back that says, we don't have the position open in Boston. And I'm like, great. But if you want to come in and go on the interview process, we do have a position open in LA. And here I am like, dude, if I go on five more fucking interviews and this company doesn't hire me, I am just like going to it. Long story short, I went on one interview with amazing, two amazing humans, Caitlin and Blake, if y'all are listening on some wild planet in, I don't even know. (laughs) We got coffee outside the montage in Beverly Hills, which felt very she, she, she. And long story short, I got hired as an ASM at WeHow. The lesson to be learned from this is sometimes no just means not right now. And I say that a lot because sometimes no, you're given no's Because your big jumbo yes is around the corner. So it takes five no's to get the big jumbo yes. Sometimes that no points you in the direction that you should be going in. Sometimes no's are just blockers in the road to protect us from something that is just not going to serve our soul. And when you really look at your no's as just detours in the right direction or Maybe this isn't for me right now or maybe I need to go get more skills and more whatever so that next time when I show up, I'm even more of, I'm even bigger and badder and better and badass and whatever. When we really flip that narrative for ourselves it helps now that is not helpful when you say to somebody who just got dished a massive no in the moment but in hindsight when you can glance in your rearview mirror and look back and connect the dots you know that steve jobs quote you can only look connect the dots looking back not forward sometimes when we look back and we look at those massive no's where we had those breakdowns or like why wasn't it working it's because it was supposed to go a different way and we just were trying to make it work on our timeline versus the universe what I believe God's timeline is so if you're going through that right now and you're listening just remember your nose could just be divine interventions and detours in the correct direction that you are supposed to go fast forward I will never forget something we used to do at Soul Cycle during the holidays and this was probably about 6 years ago now, 5 or 6 years ago. Around Christmas time, we would put out these little pieces of paper and you know, everybody would write a wish on these papers. And what we would do is every wish is kind of like a silly little thing, but we would staple them together and we would make these chains and they'd be all around the studio, paper chains, like you know, you'd make in kindergarten or whatever. And we're all adults. So it's like this funny kitschy thing and it's cute. And I never really thought of it, but I think if you've been listening for a while, you know I'm a big believer in signs and I'm a huge believer in piece of advice number two. Two, number two takeaway, writing things down. When you write something down, it supercharges your wish to the universe. It magnifies it times a million. Every time I'm around anybody and they're like, well, I have these goals and dreams and they're like all in my brain and I'm like, you have to write them down. That is, it does something. When you put your pen to paper and you write down what you want, I'd say Nine times out of ten, ten times out of ten if I'm being really overzealous, it will happen, it will come true. I cannot, for the life of me, explain this because I believe it's it's like a celestial. It's like it's beyond what I know as a tangible thing on this planet, but it, it and it has to do it's magical, but when you write down your goals and your dreams and you put that pen to paper, it something something happens. That's beyond our humanness. And for me, what that looked like was on that Christmas, I took a wish. And my wish was to ride podium for Angela Davis, which was pretty massive at the time. Angela was, I believe, a senior, a master instructor. I'm not really sure. Maybe she was a senior instructor at the time. This is a long time ago. And it's almost like a rite of passage. And when I think about a lot of my colleagues and people who have trans tired or I'm really bad at words but have gone on to become instructors and and follow this path riding Angela up for Angela and riding up for pixie and riding up for David Zinn and if you don't know these names please go find them on Instagram because they're some of the people that you know really paved the way for a lot of us who came after and weren't in the first you know groups of soul instructors and I'll never forget I was working I always worked Angela's check-ins she taught the 6 a.m and the 7 a.m I believe on Tuesday and Thursdays in West Hollywood and it's crazy I always used to say I wanted to wear a GoPro for Angela Davis check-ins because it was just like bananas and pajamas you know 60 people bikes move bikes weightless holy shit and it's like everybody like you know, it's like the – it's the. It's like, I don't know, it was like the Oscars. It was like trying to run the red carpet at the freaking Oscars slash Grammy slash – I felt like I was the girl with the clipboard. And I was like, yes, no, you can go. Here's the velvet rope. Go in, go out. It was bananas. I always used to joke that I wanted to wear a GoPro for her check-ins. And I'll never forget, something happened or some there was a mix-up or for whatever reason, whoever was supposed to ride Angela's podium that day, like, either couldn't come or was sick or something crazy happened – And I don't really remember what she said to me, but it was kind of along the lines of like, you're up, like, here's your shot, Um, today's the day, because I had never done it before. And I remember it was just so crazy. It was so crazy. And the community she cultivated within her classes at at this place is just nuts. And it was just such an experience to be a part of and also to continually be a part of. Because that ended up being something I would do often after that one time. And it was kind of like that tap. That tap from the universe. Like, hey, it's your turn. And from there I was constantly writing up. I made jokes that I was like the podium pony for all the greats. We'll just say any and all of the greatest of the greats of the Soul Cycle instructors who are still with the company, have moved on, have done their own thing. It was very much a huge part of what made me who I am today and how I got the, you know, the idea and and heard the call and honored the call of, hey, do you think like maybe you want to be an instructor someday? Because up until that point, it was never really in my train of thought. It was never really something that I would have thrown myself in the hat for or throw my name in the hat for to do. I really just, it was so beyond anything I could ever imagine. And those, that instant, (laughs) that holy instant, Changed everything for me. That was rule two. Rule two. I can't talk. Rule two, write it down. And I would say rule 2.5, two and a half, honor the call. And the way this works is when you hear something over and over and over again, and you keep getting those nudges, honor them. Chase them. Look into them. And see if that is actually maybe the universe. God. Pointing you in the direction that you should go or nudging you to get a little curious about other possibilities that are out there for you that you may have never considered for yourself just because. So we got one, two, two and a half, three. Number three, I would like to just call stay the course. You know, 15 years is insane. And I've only been around at Seoul for six of them, which, is a long time. I'm I, you know, it's a very weird reflection of like, wow, look how far you've come. You know, I don't like to say look back ever. I don't believe you should ever live in the past or look back, but I do often point out that sometimes it feels damn good to glance in the rearview mirror just to see how far you've come and give yourself a little credit and give yourself a little recognition and give yourself that pot pat on the back like damn that's something I have in my coaching program wicked fearless that I talk about often is heart of a champion sometimes we have to call in and recall those moments where we had a big win or we won the medal or we did the damn thing so we get in the energy of what it feels like to be winning and like give yourself that oh like look at you go look at you go you did the damn thing you're doing the damn thing and stay the course and I think that sometimes we forget that, myself included, because we're human and that's going to happen from time to time where we have those moments where we have our doubts or the negative narratives start to spin or we want to walk away from the thing because we just feel like we've been banging on the door forever and the door's not opening for us and we just feel like the dream's not going to happen or whatever it is and, and we don't want to put in that extra effort and it's always like 10 times out of 10, that last knock opens the door, that last kick kicks it down that last little that little like that tiny bit extra we talk about that factor of that tiny bit extra that takes you from not getting it to getting it or not doing it to doing it or it's just like a split second that makes or breaks whatever the situation that you are in Stay the course. To me, I've yelled that all winter in my classes, stay the course, stay for the magic. Because I know that what we're in right now is not necessarily where we want to be. I mean, being in a tent outside all winter was not where I know I wanted to be, even though I was surrounded by the people that I love most and working for the company, that means the world to me. But I knew physically where I was was not where I wanted to be. So I had to keep saying, stay the course, stay for the magic, stay the course, stay for the magic, stay the course, stay for the magic. Because I knew that beyond this hardship, beyond this adversity, beyond this tough time, this fight, this dog-eat-dog fight of a winter, there would be this spring and this summer and the opening and the pandemic loosening or lifting or whatever we're going to look forward to this summer. It's only going to get better. And it was through that hard time that we had to keep, or it's through the hard times that we have to keep reminding ourselves that sometimes you just got to stay the course. And it's going to get a little tough and you can't quit the second it gets a little tough no matter how bad you want to because trust me I wanted to quit so bad and I was just like you can't this is not how you're gonna go out and I've said that before this can't be how I go out this can't be it this isn't how I'm gonna go out and then you go from this can't be how I'm gonna go out to this isn't how I'm gonna go out and then you get that back and you fight and then you get here to where we're sitting 15th anniversary and somehow I'm still here And we're still fighting. And this summer, this summer of soul, I believe might be the best one yet. If you are riding, if you are hanging out, if you are booking bikes, if you are coming to the tent or the studios or wherever you are, if you're in Boston, outside Boston, beyond the bike and everywhere in between, I truly believe deep down in my heart that it is going to be the best hashtag summer of soul ever. At me on that one we got a little fiery there but like I always say PPP loan passion power purpose that's how I feel about soul it is my passion it's where I feel empowered and I know that I've been put on this planet and it's purposeful to me so that's really all I got I know it was a mouthful I know it was a handful let's go over the rules let's go over the little like numbers let's go over the takeaways number one your nose are not right now's and or detours in the right direction One and a half, uh, trust those divine interventions. Two, write it down. Two and a half, honor the call. And last but certainly not least, stay the course. Stay for the magic. I really hope you found this helpful and I know I went on some wild tangents and told some old stories but today has been super reflective and I've been thinking about so many different things and those were the ones that kind of stuck out to me as big kind of uh, you know swerves and curves in in the story of how I got to a to kind of z even though it's slightly the Judy Bloom version of it all and I hope that it As always, it inspires you to action. I hope you wrote those things down. You got a little nugget or a tidbit that you can tuck in your back pocket and take with you and pull out when you need it the very most this week. And beyond that, gosh, I'm just so grateful that you share the podcast, that you like and subscribe and hit me up in the DM. I love all of that. I love you, 3000. May you always be joyful, loving, and above all else fearless.